0: Welcome to Side. I'm Seamus Byrne. We're here to talk about technology and games and and digital culture. I don't know why I went with some weird (laughs) introducer voice today, but I did, and now I'm sorry I did. But Nick Healy, how are you? I'm
1: very, very well, Seamus, very, very well. And I need to ask you beforehand, I know you are actually on the hunt For someone to work with you on BiteSide, how goes it? Yeah,
0: that's right. Look, yeah, I will say up front, um, neither Nick or myself uh, earn a, a living doing this. <laughs> um, yeah, we're both, uh, you know, fortunate to have wonderful other things that pay our way. Um, but I am aiming to, you know, invest in the idea of having a few more people get involved with the bite side thing. Um, the hunt has started well. It started uh, last week. And, um, yeah, they've got a nice few, you know, initial people uh, reaching out, some applications, lots of questions. Um, and also, you know, I think a lot of wider folks in the industry actually saying, oh, like it's been, I mentioned it in the latest newsletter as well, that it's like the act of kind of, of, of saying, I want to do this thing with more people than just kind of me sitting here by myself, um, and, you know, chatting to you once a week. Um, (laughs) It kind of makes people go, oh, okay, you're trying to do a real thing. Let's now talk about it more. Let's see what else we can do to work together. Um, So it's sort of interesting. It felt like there was a bit of a gravitational effect almost of of people going, oh, it's not going to be one person anymore. Um, But a, a big part of it for me was just, yeah, really trying to create an opportunity for people, you know, because, but, you know, like I never wanted, this is my really big thing. I never, ever wanted to start trying to genuinely turn Biteside into something by just kind of relying on asking people to write articles for free or any of that stuff. And, you know, I, I'm i not entirely... If If people are making money off things out there, then I hate if they get free content. I don't mind when there's those community websites out there that sort of create these community things. I always still have that fear of what if one day someone comes along drops a check on the table and says, we'd like to buy your community website. How does everybody involved with that get oh. you know, get their value appreciated in some way? So yeah. that's why I thought to invite more people in and to start actually doing things like writing and helping kind of produce you know, social media stuff and genuinely be part of that daily routine of creating content, um, I wanted to make sure I put something on the table so that people felt valued.
1: Look, it's also interesting because when you and I started in this industry and me just a a couple of years ahead of the curve for you, simply because I'm just a bit older, um, it was a very different world. You know, my first work was on magazines and at the time, say, working for a gaming magazine, which I did, PlayStation, that was the bottom rung. No one wanted to talk about gaming. No one was interested in gaming. It was kids' toys. You know, it was it was the kind of job yeah. you got because it was just what was left around. It's a very different world. But at no point was I expected to be doing content for free. Even when I was doing street press, I was getting a couple of bucks for the reviews exactly. I was doing. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's it. Like, even thinking back to that stuff of street press, you're right. It's like... It's, you know, and that, again, so many people's entry point, that kind of publishing, but it always put something on that, you know. Yep. It didn't matter if it was, you know, we'll give you five bucks for a review. Whatever it might be, there was a clear sense that people should get something, um, you know, in return for the effort that they were putting in. And it's like it's not everything, but it's so much more, like anything is so much more than we're, we're paying you in exposure and experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really wanted to, you know, I think practice what I preach and I'd thought about it for a long time. But it is, it's it's kind of good to see. I think people have, I, I wrote the ad, you know, very uh, honestly. <laughs> and I think a lot of people have taken it in the spirit it was intended, which is, you know, completely transparent about expectations and how much money is available and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I'm, you know, hoping it's just the start of evolving things um, into something bigger. And it's funny, the gaming thing you mentioned, because I've actually found most of the people who are applying and interested are actually people who care more about that kind of game side of what we do and buy it side than the tech side. And that's kind of been that weird thing where, you know, certainly when I came in 20 years ago, it was (laughs) that thing where, like, tech had kind of a more elevated status in journalism than games. And right now, it's like this, it doesn't seem like many people care about getting opportunity to write about about consumer tech or any tech. And yeah, you know, the big message I guess to just say out loud is, I like I want this to be open to anything. You mm. know, STEM, science, kind of just the full world of nerd stuff. That's what I think Bite Side is about. And so you know, you can have your kind of passion for any of those things. Um, the big thing is as long as you're kind of open to that idea that it. It all has to kind of live under that umbrella. And so now and then, maybe you love games, but maybe you have to be open to going, and yeah, I'll kind of talk about some cool new tech thing if that's the thing that needs to be talked about today.
1: Which I think is really important. Look, I don't want to get sidetracked on this, but you just raised a point about expecting it to be paid. And I don't know if you saw the news recently. I think um, uh, Gizmodo covered it quite well. Binge, the service from Foxtel, Running a competition yeah. where you get to be their reviewer. What did you think of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought, um, you know, Tegan Jones over there at Gizmodo, I think she kind of had a really good, you know, rant about it, really, which was that idea that, you know, that it wasn't just the case that you were going to be reviewing for like Binge's own website or something like that. It was being set up as your reviews will get published in news limited outlets. Um, you know, and at a time when journalists are losing their jobs, yeah. it it really does have kind of a bit of a, a bad taste about it. Um, I think, I think you know, it was also during a lot of the discussion that happened on Twitter about it. I thought it was quite fair that you know she pointed out that you know things like when Telstra recently did a video game reviewer thing, and yeah, you know, that kind of copped a bit of flack too. But they absolutely were saying this will be a paid role, mm. reviewing video games for them. And it's like, you know, whatever your questions are about like, you know, what kinds of reviews they were going to be and all that jazz it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's kind of a branded content type thing. Probably it's mostly going to be pretty positive, but people were going to get paid if they won that role. And so there's a big difference there and, um, you know, actually it's funny, I, my very first I realized I won an HP palm top computer in the 90s when I entered a competition in SMH Icon, but that was, like, more a piece of creative writing rather than, like, reviewing something. So it's, like, it's not really... Yeah, yeah, there's like competitions are totally their own thing. I'm running one right now on Twitter, um, on ByteSide where someone can win like the Hearthstone, uh, like a mega bundle for the next Hearthstone expansion that's about to come out. And I'm getting heaps of entries and it's really cool, but it's like, you know, I'm asking people to write a, a basically a, a joke tweet and it's like, I'm not sort of somehow filling column inches with somebody's random tweet, whereas there is kind of that sense that if these people's reviews are going to get published in news-limited outlets where there aren't as many entertainment reviewers as there used to be, it is providing free content to be put into those kinds of spaces where you know people have been let go.
1: And that is problematic. And look, I always forget that you and I won that same icon competition because I also won that yeah, HP I palm. Know. I always forget that. That's just wild. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Sano, who I believe was the judge at that. So thanks very much, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, let's. So well, I still have that HP palm top computer. By I the do.
0: Way. I st- oh man, we're gonna have to have a Shazam photo sometime where we uh, meet up and. Well, and hold <laughs> up our two nineties palm tops.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I know you've got your old is it the TRS eighty that you still have in the box? Yeah, yeah. And I've got yeah. that stupid bloody Nokia N gauge still in the box along with two games that I've never even taken out of the plastic wrap. And oh. I just I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that tech nostalgia. Yeah, in a cool. weird way. When was the last time you put a cassette
0: tape on? Oh man. I mean, right now that is one of those questions where you think, I don't think I'm ever going to need to remember that this was the last time I put a tape in. Actually, I do remember. It was probably about five years ago, and it was uh, it was converting some old tapes into a digital format because um, the tapes were things like a tape of my wife's uh, high, like school. Oliver performance from, you know, Once Upon a Time. And so I had well, gotten some Aldi special, which was like a, you know, a vinyl player and cassette deck that had a USB oh, output. And oh. so I was able to record those into digital formats. And one cast single that I did convert, not going to lie, <laughs> I I I duplicated a, a single of... Turtle power by partners in crime. <laughs> you know, that's one for the ages. Clearly,
1: you know, people in the future yep. will, will will thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, and just to be really clear, we are talking about audio cassettes. And I, I can imagine there might even be a couple of people listening here who, who never kind of had that as part of their actual childhood. This year, 2020, to date, in the first six months of 2020, in the UK alone, 65,000 cassettes have been sold. Lady Gaga has sold 12,000 cassettes of her latest studio album Chromatica since it came out in May.
0: Oh my god.
1: Right? <laughs> 5 Seconds of
0: Summer Austra- that's, Australian that's pretty band. Special.
1: 5 Seconds of Summer has sold 12,000 cassette versions of
0: Calm. Is there is there some like fix in here? I mean both of them 12,000 is that exactly the same 12,000 people buying every tape that is released? Look, it might be.
1: Look, it's a weird one because, you know, we talk about vinyl nostalgia and everyone goes, oh, it's the warm sound, it's this, it's that. And i got to admit, I'm not quite the audiophile where I can ever pick that. Um, to be honest, I never have been. But no one ever sat around thinking, God, I wish I still had that cassette tape. You know, my favourite part of a cassette tape was when it got a little bit old and would warp in the middle and the song would just extend and attenuate for a little while. Or maybe the best part is when you'd hop into a car and the best of Queen had been stuck in the tape deck for the last four years and it's all you ever got to listen to. But only ever one side of it.
0: Why? Why cassette tapes? You just actually reminded me that I remember once breaking the cassette tape in my parents' car when I was trying to f- swap sides on the tape too quickly and because it, it was one of those side-loading cassette decks in a car, if you remember those, and it was that thing where I'd, I'd kind of popped it out and was trying to sort of feed it back in, but there was like this little moment, you had to give it a little moment for it to be ready to, to eat, the next, the, eat the tape again, and it, so it's just kind of gone in and then it got stuck, and then it just was like now and then you just sit there trying to lever it out, you try it for a while, you give up, you think, I'll try again next time. (laughs) But you there is no fidelity benefit of cassette tapes. No, none. Like, I can completely understand the vinyl lovers. It's like it's that analog thing that, you know, it's not, there's not kind of a bit rate of the vinyl. It (laughs) is that whole kind of warm thing. People love it. Um, But cassettes are absolutely a kind of, format where it loses a whole bunch of information in the name of fitting it onto a tape.
1: (laughs) It's so weird. And look, the other thing that's really blown my mind is, of course, on the back of this, and I don't have numbers on it, unfortunately, I am going off anecdata now, but the actual playing devices, including cassette Walkman-style personal stereos, are taking off again mainly for this particular collectible. When I say taking off, I don't mean that, you know, you're going to walk into a JB Hi-Fi and there's going to be an entire stand of them anymore. But there is now a market for these, again, because of this collectible nostalgia factor that's coming in from cassettes. It is really weird to me.
0: Really weird. I wonder if people are, like, buying the big boombox versions of stuff to... Because I feel like it... I don't know like my my main thought is that like is this performative? Is this people kind of wow. trying to get, look at me? Isn't and that interesting? A cassette? Yes. And so I've got the chunky old you know they don't want the one when it got really really streamlined down to almost only the size of the cassette itself. You want the kind of chunky 80s Sony mm. Walkman, you know, that and then you want like the the silver band headphones with the here, orange like the,
1: foam. S- oh yeah. Yeah. But you're right, Mm. is it performative? Is this the equivalent of four years ago when everyone was bloody shaving with a straight razor just waiting to cut their own nose off when they got shocked by a cat or something? I mean, is this the same kind (laughs) of... uh, uh, Performative nostalgia is the best way of putting it, I think. I'm really taken with that term. Thank you.
0: You're you're welcome. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, like... I. I know, I'm just trying to think of what other things have been cropping up like this, because I think there was a bit of the Tamagotchi type stuff for a little while. Um, But again, it's like, you know, kids see through that. They know what a, you know, they've got better virtual lives to manage.
1: Look, we did see the uh, preponderance of mini versions of classic consoles, but there was more than nostalgia at play on that. They also came included with a lot of fun games. I mean, but, you know, I don't think there would have been those sales without that nostalgia factor
0: yeah absolutely and it's yeah there's a subset of those people who wanted those um yeah those kind of mini game consoles and things partly because they're like well it's clearly running a clever emulation system can i hack it and turn it into you know something that could play even more than the 20 games that it came with and all that sort of jazz um but yeah it's like You know, like, I've loved chatting to people like Jez Ford, who runs Sound and Image um, here in Australia, like a super awesome audiophile. Love picking his brain about this sort of stuff. And, you know, he's fascinated me with discussions about things like listening to mono instead of stereo. And that, you know, like the original mono mixes of Beatles albums can sound quite different if you literally are listening to it through, like, a single speaker. Wow. You know, it's like... it, it. foregrounds things in different ways. And so, you know, you kind of get a different sense of what the music was written for rather than, like, trying to build those kind of broad stereo feelings of making you feel like, oh, I'm in the room and the things are happening, you know. um, And so I love kind of those sorts of points of tension in, you know, why some things are worth going backwards for and things. But, you know, cassette tapes, it's like there's clearly mostly there's going to be the weird kind of hiss that you get (laughs) <laughs> which is sort of delivered through the tape pulling through. Maybe people miss the hiss. And and then I think the other thing um, is, like, I just... Who could possibly miss having to rewind and fast-forward and all that kind of stuff, given that, again, on vinyl at least, you can you can see where the different tracks... You can, like, literally see where you put the needle down to kind of go to a certain track, so... You can skip backwards and forwards so much better on vinyl. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's not like digital has an advantage over vinyl in that sort of context, um, but it certainly does over cassettes.
1: Linear analog media was never anyone's friends. And while you were talking about hacking old tech, all I could think of was uh, are we going to see a spike in sales of pencils so that people can rewind or fast-forward their tapes without having it in the tape deck
0: again? <laughs> We have got to make sure it's the it's the like the hexagonal or octagonal pencils because you know it's not going to work with the round pencil.
1: Otherwise, just (laughs) jam your pinky in there and take four times as long. Look, we have spent way too much time talking about this. Uh, Really, we should talk about that music fidelity because you've been mucking around with Dolby Atmos.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's like let's go to the complete other extreme of fidelity. Um, I so I reviewed the Sonos Arc. a month or so ago, Hmm. um, and there's like a full kind of write-up version on ByteSide, Um, but a big issue that I had with that at the time was that I couldn't get Dolby Atmos working because, you know, the Apple TV supports Dolby Atmos, Xbox One S supports Dolby Atmos, but to get that signal from those back to the Sonos Arc, you need to have a TV that will pass that information through in the right format um, back to the soundbar. So there's this kind of system, um, weirdly, confusingly, also called ARC. So there's the Sonos ARC. And then there is ARC, which is Audio Return Channel, um, which is a tech that's been built into TVs for like the past five or so years. Um, But... There's also now an eARC standard, which is like enhanced or extended, um, and that can actually push the data rate of Dolby Atmos through that kind of return channel. So all these kinds of complex parts meant it was like the art of writing that review, kind of a big part of it was talking about how this is actually, this transition to supporting things like Dolby Atmos is going to be a lot harder than it looks on the surface because there's so many links in that chain that have to support it. Because, of course, then on top of the Apple TV thing, you then need the specific streaming service to also support those formats. And even from (laughs) learning all that, realizing Dolby Atmos isn't in itself, um, it's not like 5.1, 7.1, like when we talk about all those kinds of how many channels of audio are involved. Atmos is actually a whole kind of metadata system. So it's like this truly sort of digital next generation of how you think about mixing uh, audio. Because things like, you know, a helicopter object within a piece of, you know, movie or TV show, like that is essentially given metadata. And so that metadata is kind of tracking the movement of that particular object within the frame. So like really, really kind of, you know, computer age style thinking about how audio objects work instead of just thinking about, you know, well, it's audio, you know, so what? You know, how do you just, you mix it? Um, much more like computer graphics and stuff like that when you think of objects. So I just yesterday um, got a hold of an LG OLED, uh, the CX, uh, it's like 65-inch CX series, so like this year's kind of latest OLED TV, and it supports Dolby Atmos, It does the EARC channel. So I'm like, sweet, I'm finally going to get to test out this Sonos Arc properly and see (laughs) what it can do. And then plugging it all in, I'm sitting down, I've put on like, I think I put on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 because I could see in the Disney Plus app, it definitely supported. um, Because that's one of the cool things I've noticed. Once you've got the right things plugged in, it actually does show you on the display in most of these apps like what, what picture format and what audio format it supports. And it doesn't bother showing it to you unless it kind of goes, I can see you're now hooked up to be able to use this, which is kind of cool because it's like instead of just promising you the world and then you can't have it, <laughs> it's like, here it is. We'll kind of carefully show it to you. Um, but so I'm seeing all the logos appearing That's and good. I start trying to test things out and I've like, you know, I've got this full Sonos setup with the two rear channels and a sub and like everything is set up properly. But the one thing that I've been told, and yeah, I'm glad in the end it it was correct, is that when it is working, then the Sonos app will show the Dolby Atmos logo. So, you know, it is definitely working. And for like two hours, I'm watching different (laughs) clips of things. I'm pressing buttons on the TV settings. I'm, checking if i've done everything else right and i'm not getting the logo and i'm just like what is going on i don't understand um and like i'm changing settings on the tv from like bitstream to pcm for like the different hdmi ports based on how it's going to pass kind of the data through and it was one after the other going in and out of menus and settings. And I finally, like, one of those crappy times when you go to some, like, menu, and I might have been, like, hidden in the general menu, not picture, not sound, <laughs> a general menu on the TV, there was a, a flip switch for EARC. That was it. So for some reason, it's like, oh, you need to turn that on rather than that just being, well, the TV does that now. So it just... Why wouldn't that be on? (laughs) And it was that kind of a thing where it was scrolled off the bottom of the screen. Yeah, that way when you're like, I didn't even know there was more menu on that menu. (laughs) I am Am having,
1: I know, I, (laughs) you know what, I'm almost in hives. I'm almost having weird, kind (laughs) of like sweaty flashbacks. To 2012 and the goddamn codec wars around H.264, 4K and HEVC. C. This is what it feels yep. like all over again. And it's just, it's freaking yeah. me out. It's really freaking me but out. But here's
0: the thing, right? Here's the thing. When I got to the end of all that and I see the logo on the app and I'm like, it's working. <laughs> I could really tell it was working. Like, ah. it is glorious. I loved it. I am so pleased that it's in my house right now and I'm sure I will miss it when it's gone because particularly, like, I, I thought of Guardians of the Galaxy given that it's got, like, space battles and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, yeah, I want something that has good movement, you know, in three dimensions all around me. And, like, the the Sonos Arc, it has, like, an upward-firing speaker, so it's, like, bouncing some of that audio off the roof. Um And, you know, Sonos has this kind of true play tuning system so that you kind of walk around the room and wave your phone around and it, like, tunes the speakers for the room. So it was that really nice thing where, you know, all the times I couldn't see the logo and I'm like, I mean, I can tell it's good, you know, 5.1 channel surround sound. I just, where's that Atmos? I can't see the logo. Once it turned on, it really, I'm like, oh, Like, it just felt like the room opened up with that sound. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, playing with a 65 inch OLED, that was like, oh my God, this is actually incredible in its own right. But so uh, it feels like, and here's that thing where, like, for all my whinging, part of it, it really feels like, I I mean, like you say, with the the old formats and stuff, it feels like going back a bit to that time where you go, you put in, you did have to put in some work Mm. to make these things go to just that right place and work properly, and then you're like, oh, look at me. I've got my, like, home hi-fi just right. It's all (laughs) playing really nice. Um, This was kind of one of those moments where you go, oh, okay, it works now. I I instantly was like, it was worth it. I'm glad I put in the effort, and and I'm sure that you're like, give it another two years, and it's like, well, then, every new TV is going to support it, every new... You know, Soundbar is going to support it. Like, it's just going to become that kind of new thing. Uh, and in a sense, I almost, you know, in a lot of ways, I was like, well, this is the right year to upgrade a TV. We've talked about that sort of earlier in the year, um, you know, because as I've mentioned elsewhere, AK is a pile of crap. So don't even don't think do about it. it. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, it's like with the right TV and the right sound setup you know that all these devices do now support this sort of stuff as a as a streaming output which was great you know because partly I'm like oh is you know is it going to work and you know again I'm lucky with relatively good mbn but geez I just once I got there and there was so much frustration attached to it both the first time I'm trying to review that Sonos bar and then now getting that TV set up yesterday um, but that sound is amazing. And I'm really I really feel like I'm gonna enjoy watching movies at home so much more while I've got that here. So I'm really kind of starting to make that cue in my head of, you know, oh, which what other movies do I want to watch while I've got it?
1: <laughs> but I have to ask, and I am I'm being a little nasty here. You're gonna really enjoy that. I would really enjoy that. You know, I love having sound set up, I love getting 4K when it's working properly. But are the kids going to sit on the couch with you and just be on their phones the whole time? Is someone actually going to duck out to watch something on their tablet instead because it's pretty much the same? I mean, is the idea of having that home theatre set up, questing for it, actually a little bit old hat these days compared to how we genuinely consume our media?
0: Shut up, Nick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Don't but, ruin this for me. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Look, we
0: have we have pretty well trained kids in our house for like for engaging in media in very kind of focused ways because yeah we know the devices are just always there and mostly when my son sits down to like play video games he'll have his iPad set up so he's watching his like favorite YouTubers while he's playing video games and yeah you know, all that kind of multitasking is totally normal. And I'm sure it's only going to get worse. Um, and, you know, as they get bigger, they'll do that more and more. But I feel like if, <laughs> and I feel like I, I'm making excuses. <laughs> I love it. I just absolutely love it.
1: I think it sounds amazing. I'm, incredibly envious i've got a sound bar that's failing at the moment uh sounds jumping up and down it's cutting in and out a couple of times i've had to actually listen to stuff on my tv speakers and it hurts it genuinely upsets me (laughs) anyway
0: well um yeah yeah the gear's out there now nick now now it's just a case of waiting for that moment when you go I've made up my rubbish justification and I can actually spend that money now.
1: <laughs> it's going to happen now. Look, moving on to a couple of tips. I think you and I both have um, yeah. a suggestion of something to actually, well, media to consume in a weird way. I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Have you, do you know what The samurai game?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm keen, but I mean, with all this, just literally moving furniture around and TVs and things, I haven't had a chance yet because it did it just land into it last. It just week, landed Friday, last it, it Friday. Looks, oh man, it looks so good. The screenshots are incredible.
1: And this is the thing: it's incredibly pretty. It's ridiculously lovely to play. And I think, like a lot of games, what I'm enjoying most about it are the quiet moments. There are whole bits where you can track down areas to compose a haiku. You can find foxes and follow them. They'll take you to a shrine where you can spend a a few moments in quiet worship. You can find hot springs where you then clear your mind and contemplate some of the topics that have been bothering you. They're the fascinating parts of the game. When you're actually in the combat, I'm really not into it. I'm not enjoying it. What I'm having fun with is walking through these beautiful forests finding these little moments of quiet time. And and it's something I actually want to talk more about next week is this idea that maybe, maybe the problems we have with games, especially games that are trying to be narrative, is actually a fundamental factor of the nature of gaming itself. And I don't want to get into that now because I need to marshal my thoughts on it. But what yeah, I'm cool. surprised with is that this is a game that rewards you for staying on the periphery more than it does for following the story
0: yeah that sounds nice and look you were a big witcher fan too weren't you because and that's another of those games that just it's like if you pretty much ignore the main quest lines (laughs) we won't fuss you about it too much you can just hang out and do other stuff
1: You you can do that. And Witcher, I went too far. I ended up with what I keep calling side quest fatigue where I I had to put it down. I'd go (laughs) back to it and I'd be like, who is this guy? What am I doing? Why am I midway through a quest? What the hell (laughs) is happening now? It's like trying to go back to Batman. There really needs to occasionally be a setting in a game that says, I haven't played for three months. Please
0: give me every tutorial again because I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, there really should. Wouldn't that be great? One of my all-time favorite settings, um, just to, yeah, one slight detour there, um, yeah, Red Faction Guerrilla. I loved that in that game, If the first moment you had a little bit of trouble with some combat, uh, it popped up a notice to basically say, do you want to just play this on easy mode? Because we're not going to penal- penalize you in any way, and you might just have a lot more fun. And I remember saying, yeah, all right. And... You basically then can just run through the whole game wielding this like epic Martian like magnetic hammer that just like absolutely lays waste to buildings and all sorts of stuff. And it was just that thing, oh, thank you for just letting me have fun in this game more than worry about if I can beat it or not. It, look, I will
1: say this for Ghost. Um, there was a lot made about how there's no map pointers and things like that, that, you know, this breeze will indicate where you're supposed to go. And uh in my head, I just had this image of a, a couple of cherry blossom leaves falling in a certain direction or something like that. It's more of a gale. There is a visible white gale that pushes you in the direction you're supposed to be going in. It's not quite as delicate as I thought it was going to be. But otherwise, really loving it. Love how clever it is. Don't know if I'll finish it, to be blunt. I can't remember the last game I did finish that wasn't The Last of Us. Um, But I am really, really enjoying it. You are watching something, well, a bit, a little bit like me being late to the party when it came to what we do in The Shadows, the TV series. You're jumping back on something that's been a, a very hot, hot topic of conversation for a while now.
0: Yeah, right? Like, the series is officially over, and, and so Sally and I finally got around to starting it. Um, Shit's Creek. Wow. Uh, I think we watched the first few episodes, and definitely there was that vibe in that First kind of season where you're like, mm, really, I don't get it, but it it is one of those shows that kind of rewards you for just getting through that first season where it's just all the finding the finding of the feet, um, and the we're probably into I think we're at the end of the third season or early fourth season I think, and it's just delightful, and what I love about it is I think it's the kind of show that we have loved in other sorts of forms where, you know, where it's kind of just about people ultimately learning to care about each other more and sort of communities that can come together, even if like some of the people are a bit odd and, you know, but like it doesn't kind of really look down on anybody within it. Everybody's just sort of living together in this kind of weird little town um and it's just that kind of delicate niceness of it i think is something that i really like is you know as vapid as kind of some of the main characters are given that they've sort of fallen from their billions um that there's a real kind of humanity all through it and and so it feels like it's been one of those shows that's helped us in recent months in that moment when you're like i just want to watch something that isn't challenging that is just pleasant uh and just kind of washes over you in a nice way and usually you know even if there's Whatever the tension of the episode might be, by the end of the episode, sort of things have just kind of simmered down and and you kind of just feel happy to have, you know, chilled out for half an hour watching it. So highly recommend it to anybody else who has uh, ignored it or tried those first couple of episodes and gone, "Mm, I don't get it.
1: I am going to go back to it. I, I did definitely hit that first couple of episodes and be a bit, uh oh, is this what everyone's been raving about? But I do think there's a certain joy in going back to a completed series. Uh, I didn't even start watching Breaking Bad until uh, it was well and truly over, and I think maybe I enjoyed it more. I don't know. I still can't tell if I really enjoyed Breaking Bad or just suffered through the last three seasons. But either way, shit's Creek, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Very quickly before we yeah. go, my colleague at the uh, at the station, recently just discovered Quibi, which I'm still laughing about because she wanted to watch a particular show. It was Quibi. Um, she hadn't heard of it before. Uh, she was trying to explain it to me. And at 5.30 this morning, I, um, you know, with a great deal of veracity in my voice, very sure of my information here, informed her that Quibi had been created by Ted Turner. Clearly not accurate in any way, shape or form, which no. she informed me seconds <laughs> later. But there we go. We have a Quibi convert
0: Ah, so maybe, but she's probably late to the three month trial. Yes, sadly. But, <laughs> so you'll have to find out later on if she has decided to, uh, to solidify that relationship with some actual cash money. But look,
1: I'm sure there'll be a news story if someone actually does start paying Quibi. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Shall we leave it there? All right, Nick, um, always good to catch up. Yeah, give us the shout-outs of where people can find your stuff on the internet. Oh,
1: just come and get me on Twitter now that they've unbanned all of
0: us. I'm at at DrNick, that is D-R underscore N-I-C. Perfect. I'm at Seamus on Twitter. Uh, of course, all the things are at BiteSide. As I mentioned earlier, there is a Hearthstone competition going there if that's your bag, so go check that out. And that wraps up on Friday afternoon uh, at the TheBiteSide on Instagram and slash BiteSide on Facebook. Or, of course, you can email us via ask at BiteSide.com. And if you are interested in that gig we've got going, then go check that out on biteside.com along with everything else and all the episodes of all the other shows. And we'll catch you all again next time.